Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Paul Keller. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Today we're going to speak especially about the sacraments. Uh, Father Paul Keller did his doctoral research on sacramental theology. And, and let's start out by just talking about what a sacrament is. There's different ways to define a sacrament. How would you define it, that, Father? Well, I, I would like to define it the way that the church does, um, which is that it's an ex- a sacrament is an external sign of an interior grace um, that is given to us, the grace is given to us by the working of that sign mm-hmm. in order that we might have union with God. Mm-hmm. Those are very important dimensions of that definition. First of all, it's a sign, that is, um, it points beyond itself. Mm-hmm. All signs point beyond themselves. So the red light at the, at the, at the traffic corner, the traffic light, um, uh, is a sign indicating something. It, uh, it doesn't just point to itself. It doesn't say, hey, look how cool I am. I'm <laughs> a great, really, I'm a wonderful red light or the stop sign. Um, or even the sign at the bakery uh, outside mm-hmm. saying, um, you know, Joe's Bakery or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it points beyond itself mm-hmm. um, because if it didn't, then it, it becomes the reality and the center, uh, and which is kind of silly. Why would you mm-hmm. have a sign that only thinks of itself? So the signs always point, even, even natural signs like, um, smoke, uh, smoke indicates that typically that there's a fire somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not, um, it's not, uh, something that we just take, um, in and of itself. Uh, when we see smoke in the house somewhere, we wonder what, well, mm-hmm. what's causing the yeah. smoke, right? Is it, um, uh, is, is it Father Paul baking again um, and <laughs> caught, caught something caught on fire? But always our minds immediately go to fire. So uh, natural signs, conventional signs, such as the stop sign or the red light, uh, as well as um, signs that are a combination of both. And sacraments are kind of like that, a combination of both. They're or conventional sign because they're chosen by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did forget to leave that out of the definition at the beginning of our time together here this afternoon. Uh, but uh, these are signs chosen by God, instituted by Christ, that point beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a natural uh, sign as well. So God has chosen, for instance, water to be the sign of being made uh, a son or a daughter of God. 
and entering into union, uh, beginning a life of union with God, with the Blessed Trinity, and having our sins washed away. So water, as we know, can be very cleansing, but when we think of why someone might be pouring water on someone else, if we're not at the baptism ceremony, let's say, um, I, I ask the question, why is Susie pouring water on Tom? Mm-hmm. Well, Susie's pouring water on Tom, someone might say, because she saw a tarantula spider on his head and didn't want to touch it, so she got a bucket of water, threw it at his mm-hmm. head in order to knock the tarantula spider off. Right. Okay, right. well, there's an instance of, um, of uh, a natural use of water that is it's, it's possible. Um, why is, uh, why is Susie pouring water on Tom? Another, another indication could be that she's trying to drown him or Mm. she's trying to wash him or she's trying to cool him off or it could be any number of things. Mm. When, when signs have, when natural signs have more than one signification, we have to, we have to kind of specify what we mean by that. Mm. It's not every blinking red light means we ought to stop. Some blinking red lights are meant to get our attention to come into a place. Like you might put a blinking red light outside the movie theater in order to draw attention to the movie that's going to be mm-hmm. played that mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to really understand um, what that means. And God has done that with the sacraments. He's given us uh, an indication of uh, what he means when he's instituted the sacraments, the sacramental signs, baptism, he uses water in order to cleanse us of our sins and also that we die to the old man. We can be buried under the water that we're cleansed in as well and, um, and as a result, uh, uh, enter, and when we rise from the water, we enter into new life. So those are, those are the indications of what baptism is supposed to do or why God has instituted it. Uh, and he instituted it to give grace uh, he wants us to have now. What is grace? Okay, this is a you know I was um, I was a teacher a, uh, in a seminary, and sometimes I would just ask my students, um, "What is grace?" Uh, these are uh, these are men who are supposed to be able to explain these kinds of things. They're supposed to know something about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yet it becomes the one thing. How do you say from the pulpit to people? what grace is. Mm. And this is, I think, one of the difficulties we have as preachers, uh, that sometimes we use words that we presume people know the meaning of. And sometimes Catholics think they know the meaning of something, and perhaps they don't. But grace, if... So on our typical... Everyone listening today, if, if you had to come up with a definition of grace to someone who didn't know, someone that... Um, asks you, why do you go to church on Sunday? And you might say, in order to receive divine grace. And the person said, what is grace? What would you say? Mm. Would you say it's some kind of stuff that you get? Well, show it to me then. Would you say it's a, um, would you say it's a, a good feeling? Well, what good is that? I mean, people can get good feelings doing a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at a beautiful mountain or going to the sea um, in order to relax the seashore. So um, grace, very simply, is our union with God. Grace is the gift of God. That's it actually means that from the Latin gratia. Uh, it's a gift. It's a, and because it comes from God, it's a divine gift. And what is that gift? The gift is 
absolutely amazing. It's an it's a, the gift of being made one with Him. Every time we receive grace, it has as its ultimate purpose us being made one with God. Mm. All the daily things, means by which we receive grace, um, are the means by which we have deeper union with God. So, the sacraments are made. Baptism and the other six sacraments are made in order that we have union with God. That's all he he wants. That he's he's mm-hmm. like this crazy lover, Father Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's he's um, he's always he's he's that friend, he's that stalking friend, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, right, who right. You know, some people don't think a stalker can be a friend, but you know, the <laughs> friend who just won't leave you alone. Right. It's like, what are you doing now? Oh, why don't you come? Why don't we hang out together sort of thing? <laughs> I mean, that's and not to, I, I don't want to make, um, I don't want to lead anyone to think that I'm being disrespectful of Almighty God on the one hand, but the, I think he would even get a chuckle out of this way of thinking about um, mm-hmm. how he, his desire for us is so great that it can seem, that it is, it can seem overwhelming, and I would say it is overwhelming, that we often just don't know what to do with all of that love um, for various reasons, and we don't need to go into that here. So all of the sacraments, and that's the beauty of the sacraments, are meant to be seven different ways. Seven, that's why we don't just have one sacrament. We have seven ways that deal with all the various important parts of our lives that bring us into union with God. So baptism, birth, Confirmation, growing up. Mm-hmm. Marriage is pretty obvious for the procreation in, of, of children and union of spouses. That's, that also is transformed. Our eating is transformed by uh, the fact that we take the Holy Eucharist. Um, our, um, when we get sick, we have a sacrament that strengthens us to, to bear up under the illness and sometimes bring healing but certainly to help us um, grow closer to God in the midst of suffering. If we've fallen in sin, we have another sacrament that helps us up out of the mire uh, of sin. And, um, uh, and, and priesthood in order to continue the work of Christ um, and so forth. So, yes, we have those beautiful seven sacraments. You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Paul Keller, and we've been discussing the sacraments, what a sacrament is, how many there are, and, uh, and, and what, what God does through them. Uh, it is wonderful to think that God... Um, he could maybe say humbles himself or condescends so much to uh, to such simple uh, simple appearances, mm-hmm. uh, simple signs, so that he can be with us. He can, in a sense, pursue us through our life. Right. Um, so that it's no matter who we are, um, where we are, um, we're never. It's, it's never, almost never, going to be difficult to encounter Christ in, in one of the sacraments. He's made himself that plainly available. I think sometimes, you know, some people wonder, well, what if Jesus had just stayed, you know, walking the earth as he did with this, the 12 apostles, you know? Well, I mean, he could have. He's God. 
he could have just, you know, wa you know, but then he'd be just in one place. <laughs> You'd have to right. like, you might maybe make a pilgrimage, you might get lucky enough maybe to go see Jesus, right. maybe once in your life, or unless he came to see you, but there'd right. be throngs of people around him, right. you, know, it would, you know, but, but, uh, but, you know, by his ascending to the Father, to the right hand of the Father, and then giving us uh, the sacraments, he's actually become even closer to us than he could have if he'd stayed in the same, you know, same present in the same way he was to the apostles. Exactly. That's a really great um, thing that you just mentioned, Father Stephen, about the sacraments making Jesus present everywhere uh, for us. Uh, and I've often reflected on, what if he didn't ascend? Because people say, well, why did he have to ascend? And the easy answer that we find in Scripture, obviously, is in order to send the Holy Spirit. But why did he have to send the Holy Spirit? So that he could be present with us through um, the church and her sacraments everywhere in the entire universe, including um, uh, the trips to the moon and soon enough, I suppose, to Mars and whatever other mm -hmm. place we go to on spaceships. It's uh, It's... So he wants to be present with us everywhere. But can you imagine going, having to make a trip to Jerusalem? And, mm -hmm. and if you're lucky, you get to do that once a year. And probably because the claim would be that the Son of God is there, the price of airline tickets would be astronomical, <laughs> right? That's I true. mean, hotels would be charging astronomical <laughs> rates. Food uh, would be, uh, I mean, it would just be crazy. <laughs> and then, yeah. as you said, there would be hundreds of thousands, millions of people going there constantly, you would, when could you possibly get a chance to sit down and talk to Jesus or tell mm -hmm. him your sins and say, would you please forgive right, me? Right. And then hope that you never sin again. Right. So That's that, right. because by the time you got home, you might've been quite uncharitable to some of the people on that airplane. <laughs> uh, you know, there's just, it would have been, it would be impossible, but now he's made it possible for us to encounter him everywhere especially when there are priests who, have, who are the ones who are configured to Christ by a special sacrament of holy orders in order to make Christ present everywhere mm -hmm. to bring us the sacraments. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know one, one thing that the Church defined uh, at the Council of Trent but had believed beforehand was that there are seven sacraments, you know, yes. not more, not less. Maybe you could speak a little bit about that. Yes, I'd be happy to. As you can tell, I'm happy to talk about most anything. I'm a, I'm a Dominican after all. But, um, yeah, so um, the Council of Trent, which was in the, sixth, the middle of the 16th century, uh, defined um, that there are seven sacraments. Now, we have to so understand something about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, ecumenical councils, such as the Council of Trent, which, are, um, which possess the highest authority um, in the in the church to be able to um, set um, teaching in the church or to to clarify teaching in the church, um, the Council of Trent defined that there are seven sacraments not because we didn't know up until the middle mm -hmm. of the 16th century, for heaven's mm -hmm. sakes, how many sacraments there there are. The same council, the Council of Trent, also defined. What exactly? What were the exact number of books and their names in the book in the Old Testament and the New Testament? Mm -hmm. now, as you said, Father Stephen, we've all, the church has always believed um, 
in these books of the Bible, the church has always believed in the seven sacraments, just as the church um, has always believed in the Immaculate Conception. But there come certain points in the history of time when people are challenging a particular teaching or belief that's been held, and then the church has the responsibility to clarify it and say, well, since you're making such a big deal out of disbelieving, we're going to have to make sure that you don't get yourself in trouble um, through your disbelief, and we're going to define this for you. That'll mm-hmm. make life easier for everybody. Sort of like learning where the fence is at the at the Grand Canyon. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of we hear stories about people going over the edge, mm-hmm. and why? Because there's no fence there. But what are we supposed to do? Have um, uh, probably an impossibly long fence to keep people out, and then it would disrupt the view and so forth mm-hmm. and so on, I suppose. I don't know. But um, the the church's teachings are like that. They're like, they're, they're the signs. Uh, if not an actual fence, they're, they're certainly the signs that say, uh, don't cross over <laughs> this particular point. Don't go beyond this sign, because if you do, you're going to risk falling into, mm-hmm. the, into that big hole in the ground. So, um, it's very important to know where the, where where the line is, and that's really what the teaching of Trent did with with regard to the sacraments. There, now some people will say, "Well, didn't the church actually, or didn't people actually believe there were a lot more sacraments than seven? Yeah, uh, actually, yes. And this was part of my doctoral work um, that uh, was very interesting. That you know, we can find different listings." in some of the fathers of the church. So St. Augustine, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, thought that, um, spoke um, kind of loosely as the, as, uh, of sacraments, and one of them was reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or another one might have, um, was to um, use holy water or make the sign of the cross, um, uh, and other practices that, that, um, that Christians had. But, but Augustine makes a distinction between the, um, the kind of the major sacraments and the minor sacraments, and that w- that's the distinction that we now know today um, as the difference between the, sa- the seven sacraments and what we refer to as sacramentals. Sacramentals are, I suppose we could say little sacraments, but that's not um, little sacrament as in in the spelling L-E-S at the end, but rather a sacramental, they participate in some way in the sacrament, in the major, uh, in the seven major sacraments. So, for instance, the taking of holy water, making mm-hmm. the sign of the cross, reading the Bible, is a sacramental. Um, so, um, offering up a prayer of love to God can be a sacramental. Uh, these are all means of, of increasing in grace. Doing acts of charity can be at times, a sacramental. Uh, wearing religious medals, um, say a, a, a scapular uh, of the Blessed Mother or a medal of the Blessed Mother of the Saints can be a, a sacramental. They're not magical, but they do help us to remember who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're externalizations. Like if I make the sign of the cross, it reminds me I've been signed with the cross of Christ. And mm-hmm. Um, but it also moves me to invoke the names of the Blessed Trinity as well. So um, um, the sacramentals can really help us draw closer to God. But the seven sacraments, which a church always believed in, 
um, have been around from the beginning of the time of the church. Some of them are more clear in Scripture, uh, and we might wish that others were more clear, but uh, they're there at least in some kind of incipient way um, to be drawn out by the drawn drawn out by the church, um, or more made more explicit um, through um, the church's understanding of what has been received. Now, here we have to keep in mind, and I have to add this really quickly because people will say, "Well, then that means the church made them up, right?" No, 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 because we also have another form of divine revelation, and that's divine tradition. The tradition, capital T tradition, that's been handed on from the apostles, as Saint John says in his Gospel. If I, all the books in the world would not, could not mm. hold everything that was taught right. by Christ. Um, and so the apostles have received from Christ the authority to explicate, to show forth everything that he taught them. And um, that comes down to us through the tradition. Uh, and it's very important. Divine revelation has those two lungs, the written word and this, and the understood or the um, spoken word um, from the apostles. I want to just mention a really kind of fun, Father Stephen, mm-hmm. um, fun sat, um, rite that was R-I-T-E um, that was thought to be uh, a sacrament. And even until, um, I don't know, more probably, I'm trying to remember now, maybe it was the 18th century or an, perhaps perhaps the 19th century in Germany, um, uh, the anointing of kings was mm. thought to be a sacrament. Now, many people just witnessed King Charles being um, made king or mm-hmm. uh, cor- uh, crowned king of England. And there was an elaborate rite that is actually very, very beautiful um, and whereby he was anointed with, mm-hmm. with, um, with oil and, um, and then given the crown. But uh, very often... Uh, uh, People thought of the anointing of kings as a sacrament, though it actually is a sacramental. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can understand why. It's so, it's so great, and the king shares in the responsibility that's given him by God or the queen, uh, the responsibility given her by God to uh, help people grow closer to God, to, to, to become fully what they're meant, created to be, that is, children of God who share in, in the divine life. Hmm. So maybe one distinction hmm. between sacraments and sacramentals, could you say that a sacrament, by the very work being done, confers grace, you know, whereas a sacramental, the grace isn't as direct. I mean, the, the grace yes. is more indirect. You were you were reading my mind. I I wanted to give a break so that people weren't having to listen to my voice all this time. <laughs> I wanted them to hear your voice too. But that was the very next thing I was going to say. There's this great term um, called, and I'll just say it in uh, in Latin: ex opere operato. Ex opere operato is the, um, and you'll find this in some sacraments books. You'll actually find it in the catechism. Um, in number 1128, if you look up the Catholic Catechism, section 1128 refers to the sacraments working ex opere operato. There you can see the words for yourself printed out. And that means by the work worked, by the very working or the doing of the sacraments, not even if it's done by a holy or unholy priest, right? The sacraments work in and of themselves mm-hmm. for our salvation, uh, and whereas a sacramental, as you pointed out, Father Stephen, does not have that guarantee. 
And that's what I'd like to say about ex opere operato. It's the divine guarantee that if you participate in this sacrament in the way that Christ instituted it or has wanted it instituted, then you will receive grace. Mm -hmm. If you don't receive grace, it's not because God didn't refused it or, <laughs> or didn't do anything. It's because you put a block to it, mm -hmm. um, right? Someone can put a block to grace. So, for instance, I'll give an example. Um, if someone were to go to confession, um, kind of, but not really repentant for all the sins, let's say, let me give you an example. Let's say someone comes to confession and confesses murdering three people, but says to the priest, I murdered one person. And he doesn't talk about the other two because he's actually happy that he murdered the other two. I know it's a mm. macabre example, mm. but I think it sets the scene. Um, if you're only sorry for one bad act out of three that are very, very, that are of the same nature, then you're not really sorry, are you? No. Right. Like, uh, I'm sorry for killing one person but not the other two. Well, then something's wrong with you, right? There's mm. something wrong with your so-called repentance, so therefore, um, we have to uh, we we would be placing a block or an obstacle to the grace of God working. But I'll tell you, you know, I've served in prisons. Maybe you have as well, and and heard confessions. And we might imagine that some of the most um, unusual crimes in in the world uh, are confessed by people who are in prison. Sometimes they're confessed by people who are not in prison as well as you and I both know as priests. But um, nevertheless, God's mercy flows. There is no sin. There is no, nothing that can prevent God from giving us grace if we just open the door a little bit, mm -hmm. which is what going to confession really entails. But the sacraments do that. So thank you for bringing that up, Father. Ex opere operato for the sacraments. Um, uh, they, it's a divine guarantee as opposed to the sacramentals. Yeah. So a priest, even whether the priest is very holy and saintly or whether the priest is far from that. Right, you know, if like you, me. <laughs> if, he's, if, he's, if he's celebrating, if you're at Mass and you hear him say the words, you know. This is my uh, body. This is my this body, and so on, you right. know. And, and if he's at all, and, you know, in other words, you don't have to worry. You know, it doesn't depend on the holiness of the priest. God exactly. God loves us so much right. that, that he, he gives us the this 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 divine life this this grace absolutely thank you for joining us today for the dominican dimensions my name is father stephen alcott and i'm a friar at saint patrick priory in columbus today i've been joined in the studio by father paul keller let's end with a prayer invoking the intercession of our holy founder saint dominic O light of the church teacher, teacher of, of truth, truth rose of patience ivory of chastity freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom Preacher of grace, unite us to blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Sanctity